Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we reflect on a special night at the bridge as Chelsea ran out 2-0 winners to book their place in the last eight of the Champions League. We discuss how Graham Potter and Chelsea can build on Tuesday's game. We tap into our mental thermometers to take our regular temp checks. And we look ahead to the return to domestic duties for the trip to the King Power Stadium versus Leicester on Saturday. If it isn't obvious already, a bit like Chelsea recently, we've got rid of our worst performer and it's just the two of us on today's episode. Chris, unfortunately, is away on business in sunny Barcelona, though, so don't feel too sorry for him. So only one person to say hello to today. How's it going? James Brady. Yeah, going very well. Sad that Chris isn't here, actually, for after such for obviously the performance uh, well of the season. He's, uh, yeah, buzzing, mate. I mean, it was a fantastic night at the bridge, fantastic atmosphere. Could be a turning point for Graham Potter. That remains to be seen. But either way, even if it isn't, it was a fantastic night and much needed for the fan base and everyone around the club. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad for Chris. Obviously, he missed the game on Tuesday as mm. well, which was probably the best game at Stamford Bridge for, for many years. It was yeah. absolutely fantastic atmosphere throughout. And, and, and yeah, there's nowhere else to start, really. The best since COVID, I would say, at least. Yeah, de- yeah definitely. But... Let, let's talk about the game. Obviously, the the lineup came out before it was a a three four three as as many expected it to be, but we didn't have Chalabur as the other centre back. We had Kukurea, which was uh, which was a surprise to many. We were out possessed on the night, sixty uh, percent to forty percent, but we did outscore them on XG two to zero point eight seven, albeit with with a penalty in there as well. How did you see the game overall? I mean, it was. Uh... I think four four three four three is her here to stay, right? I mean, it was a bit of a throwback in some sense. It was kind of like a Champions League three four three. The wing backs bombing up, uh, up and down, and um, it was uh, the intensity was there. The biggest difference recently, even from the Leeds game, there was intensity, and basically all over the pitch, every player was up for it, and it's just fantastic. It's just uh, basically an, a new team, really. Just if we can perform like that every week, then the and the results would be there. But um, yeah, I mean, the Kukurea thing, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but really big call from Graham Potter to play him. I mean, obviously, he hadn't been in the squad for three, for, for, um, three weeks. I think he said in the press conference he was shielding him a bit. To throw him in was risky, and uh, it really paid off for him. So, um, Man of the match, know. according to wafer. Yeah, game, exactly. Right? Man of the match. I mean, Simon Johnson said on the Athletic Podcast that they're kind of tied together a little bit. You know, they're... Kukurea's failure is Potter's failure a little bit. Obviously, they're both uh, former Brighton boys, and obviously that both of them haven't started their career particularly well at Chelsea. But um, he had a fantastic game, and uh, but there wasn't many players who had a bad game. But uh, yeah, just a fantastic performance, especially in the first 60, 70 minutes. Yeah, we blew them away really. And you know, if our if our if our finishing was more important, we would have been three or four nil up. So hopefully, that's something we can prove on a little bit in the future, going deeper into the competition. But yeah, I mean, no complaints. It was a wonderful night. How did you see it? Yeah, very much similar. You know, the uh, as you know before the game, I was very confident. Um, mm. Even speaking, you know, at the, yeah, at the I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected us at least. I said to to play very well, and, and we did. Mm. I, I didn't think he'd switch from three four three. Obviously, once we saw the teams, um, it was. It was obvious to me that I think you know the, the team was structured to play well in this game. Dortmund had a lot of holes defensively; they had a lot of injuries, and yeah, yeah the, I just thought we caused them a lot of problems in the game. And I, I thought we'd have a lot of chances, which we ended up having. Obviously, in the first half, we missed a lot of chances as well, which was has been the story of our 
time this season. Actually, it's been the story really for Chelsea for yeah. a long time. Pre part um, two, that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, recent and Chilwell uh, as the wing backs, that, that maybe actually is the key. I'm, I'm never really one yeah. to, to be as simplistic as uh, it's just one or two players that really make the team. But I, I would mm. say this structure for us really, really does suit us with, with Reese and Ben. And, and they were both fantastic, especially yeah. Ben. Ben yeah, it was a bit not it was one of the throwback to your performance but it's a little bit like that you know Havertz turned up Havertz in the Champions League I think you know it's his tournament like something just happens to that guy when he plays Champions League I don't know if it was because he was playing German opposition or something like that there there'd be a lot of people in Germany watching he turned up and obviously the wing backs and, and the structure obviously a lot, of, a lot of the personnel was different but it felt like that energy of that that team that that they all knew their job you know they all knew their job and and what to do and I mean we Dortmund weren't great. Obviously, they. Um, I think the Julian Brandt injury really hurt them and that, down the right, and actually encouraged Chilwell and Kukurea to dominate on the left, really. And that's really where, in a sense, the game was won. Obviously, the first goal came from the left, and um, yeah, in terms of the first goal, like it was funny because obviously, like Sterling completely fluffed it, and by that time we'd like hit the post and all that. But it's just the way it set up for him. It was like. The one-on-ones at the moment, I think they're getting in players' head, like the Leeds one-on-one for Kai on, on Saturday. They, they, they realise they haven't scored. It's just set up for him where he just kind of hit it, you know? And, like, he, he couldn't think about it and it went in and it was just, like, huge reliefs of, like, relief, really. So, hopefully that can sort of uh, be the open the floodgates, let's say, in terms of the goals. But, yeah, um, it was brilliant, really. I think uh, Raheem... I obviously called him to score against Leeds on, on Saturday. Yeah. He didn't, but he did score... Um, yeah, on Tuesday. And I, I, as I said on the last podcast, I really, really think he's going to be a key player for us. Yeah, In this yeah. Champions League run, obviously the rest of the Premier League season is, is almost an irrelevance. Uh, but I, I think he's, he's, he's a key man for us and, and he made a big, big difference again on, on Tuesday night with the finish, although, you know, getting a bit lucky with the, the miss hit and the bounce. But he's persistent and, and there's sort of those, that's a classic unconventional Sterling goal for me. I do yeah. want to quickly talk about the the first half and second half as separate. Sure. Because I thought first half we were excellent. Yeah. Really, really on top of, of Dortmund. Second half, probably a little bit more nervy. We went 2-0 up very early. Mm. Probably too early, really, if you could have, mm. have helped it. And then we, we did obviously sit back. I thought defended well and didn't give up many chances to Dortmund. But only... 0.05 xg from open play i believe in the second half yeah um the penalty obviously accounting for a lot of the the xg whereas we had 1.2 xg from open play in the first half what what were your thoughts on on how the the game unfolded in the second half and and what what potter did subs wise and and tactically yeah i mean half? in terms of the subs a bit um split opinion on the subs i guess like at the time Bringing on Gallagher and um, bringing on who he did wasn't it didn't and bringing on Pulisic was bizarre as well. But it didn't it wasn't like like it was versus Leeds where they were confused. But it was it it was a bit confusing where Gallagher was playing false nine a bit. He was dropping in. I mean, it felt like he was just trying to lock up the game, kind of twenty five and just play on the break with twenty five minutes left. It felt like subs you would make ten minutes before the end. I mean, obviously we've got to talk a little bit as well about Mudrick. I mean. When you're playing against a team that's like pressing and playing a high line and you're not bringing Mudrick on, it's very confusing why he's not getting minutes. I mean, Pulisic hasn't played, well, since the Man City game when he got injured, right? That was like early January, right? That was two months ago. And he yeah. comes in ahead of Mudrick. It's just 
not not to this is going to be a positive pod obviously because it's a huge night but Potter's subs are a bit worrying and it did change the game state for me and um I mean you were <laughs> you were shouting next to me after a few beers and you know they're rubbish get at them get into them and you know that was I mean Dortmund were pretty much mentally cooked and we kind of just sat back and let them press us and let, uh, let them create a few chances so yeah wasn't particularly happy with the last 30 minutes in the last couple of games actually but I mean a uh, a small negative and overall uh, a large positive. What, what do you think? In yeah, terms to, of the I mean, to expand on what I was saying in the, in the second half during obviously the last 20 minutes, I, I just thought they were there for the taking in terms of counter-attack. Yeah. And we weren't, we, we weren't structured in a way to really take advantage of that, which sort of makes sense as well as why Mikhailo Mudrik didn't get on the pitch. That correlates with obviously them being there for the, the counter-attack, whereas Potter obviously didn't feel like that. Not that Pulisic, you know, can't counter attack or it isn't. I just feel like that pace is just mm. invaluable and, and something you, you can't teach. Yeah. And, and it would have been very helpful to have that on the pitch. And that's something I think that needs to be worked on. You know, that can be coached as well. And, and at the end game of these games that were 1 0, 2 0 up in, Mikhailo Mudrik should be the, you know, a number one weapon in world football or at mm. least up there. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he, he's got that Mbappe pace. Yeah, obviously nowhere near the player than Mbappe is, but that that sort of threat to get in behind should be there from that left hand side, and that's how he should be used. Dortmund were pushing up, understandably, he needed a goal, and I just I just thought we could have taken advantage of that uh, a little bit better. I guess is, is sort of what I was referencing. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the the penalty incident for handball for you. Yeah, apparently, I mean, who knows of handball these days? I mean, I don't... So, so the European law is, is slightly different to the one that the right, Premier right. League implements. The, the European law for handball doesn't require that, I think, the distance for the... I think in the Premier League, if, you, if you're if you a certain distance away from the, the ball, they just won't give that as deliberate handball. Whereas I believe in the in the Champions League... They, they don't have the same interpretation of the law. Obviously, there's two different organizations, the FA and UEFA, and the way they've interpreted handball is slightly different. Obviously, we had a famous handball in the Manchester United PSG game a couple of yeah. years ago, three yeah. years ago, where it was a hand up and they gave a penalty. Um, in Pembe, wasn't it? Was it that yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that was a demonstration of, of how different the the law is in the Champions yeah. League to the Premier League. I don't think yeah. there was any any chance that would be given in, in the Premier League. So yeah, I, 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 for me, it, it was sort of, I can see why they've given that as a penalty. It wasn't as stonewall as, as I think some people have said. Um, and then the whole penalty procedure. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've, been, I've, been, uh, I've been Googling encroachment since and I still don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen mixed opinions on this on social media and also from from ex-referees on on uh, bt as well i i think that the player has to have influenced in some way the player that encroached what happens yeah. that's what has to yeah, happen yeah i, I, I believe if, if he didn't clear the ball i can't remember the player um if if that player didn't clear the ball then it wouldn't have been retaken but because he cleared it and he, he interfered in the game it had to be retaken i believe that's the rule right yeah or so, he blocks off someone for example a chelsea player that would be yeah able to get the ball yeah so if, if another player who was uh, legally outside the box had cleared the ball then it wouldn't have been retaken so we just got lucky in that sense and i just want to talk a little bit about luck i mean 
probably should share a little bit that, you know, we've played quite a bit of a poker in our spare time, let's say. And there's this thing called like variance where basically sometimes you're playing poker and things are going your way and you're playing well and sometimes they don't. I do feel that like we were due a bit of like a, what we call an uptick in variance in terms of like, okay, it was maybe a 50-50 or 55-45 handball call. We got the encroachment thing. We've been, I mean, I've been probably Potter's worst critic on this pod maybe, maybe with you, but he has had some rotten luck. I mean, he's had some terrible luck with injuries and um, obviously we had the... Um, Thomas Suchek uh, saving in the penalty and we did, <laughs> basically making a goalkeeper save inside the box and we didn't get a penalty we haven't had much luck at all so you only drew Man City away in both third rounds yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean that, that, that's, that, 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 was, that was really terrible for Potter because he couldn't build any momentum in the cups you know so obviously if we, if we kind of um, if there were some cup wins embedded in our kind of poor league form then obviously if we got a bit of an FA Cup run for instance then that obviously would have like you know kept the heat off part a little bit more. It's, it's just basically we've been out of both cups and the league's been terrible. Like 10 injuries and then, um, you know, the Felix red card. I mean, that was unbelievable at Fulham. So, yeah, I mean, just we do a bit of luck. I mean, we've had terrible luck really under Potter and I mean, I take it. I mean, and we also had luck in terms of the, you know, the inju- injury variants. I mean, they had, um, who was, I can't remember the guy's name in the first leg. Uh, who scored against us? Sorry. Who's, who's, who's scored in the first leg against us? Uh, Adi Amy. Yeah, that Adi Amy out. And um, obviously, they had the Brandt injury. You never see, like, like to see a player get injured, but like, he got injured after 10 the minutes. The goalkeeper and... was also injured as well. Yeah. Goal. And like, they, they, can only bring, they can only bring on, you know, like a youngster in the second half um, to, to try and get a goal. Um, so that, that helped us as well. And they were a bit of a, maybe of a lower, lower. I know they've won 10 on the bounce, but they're a bit of a low ebb of their form, and we were just won against Leeds. It's been it's been overdue, so we're not going to complain about luck. You know, you need a lot of luck. To you were saying in the pub the other day, you know, in Liverpool last year when they nearly won the the quadruple, they didn't get an injury all season. You know, like you you need that little bit of luck, and I'll take it. Like you know, so yeah, yeah. I think you do buy your own luck as well in in, yeah. in football, and and switching back to this three four three is one of the ways to do it. I think you, you know the it it just looked night and day from what we've seen. Uh, I was actually watching the Tottenham AC Milan game last night, (laughs) and uh, blimey, the the Spurs, that was an absolute dross performance at home, and it just reminded me of what we looked like when we had big tactical issues as well Uh, on the pitch. It looks like the players aren't trying. It looks like there's no intensity. It looks like this because tactically there's huge issues in the game and the players aren't settled in their, their position and know what they're doing. Now suddenly we switch to a different formation and suddenly the intensity's there, the pressing's there. What's it goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand with with tactical instructions from from the manager and, and familiarity with the formation. But that energy is bred from the confidence of the fans, of the players, yeah. of creating chances and things like that. So, yeah, I do, I do think you, you get a bit of luck, but also you know you you buy your own luck by making sensible decisions like like playing a, a formation that suits the all the players. It's just a shame that Potter didn't really settle on three four three like for the whole time. I think if he did, obviously the results. I mean, maybe he hasn't had the personnel to be fair to him. Like Chilwell and James haven't been fit, but obviously the the four two three one experiment, well, well, the whatever he did with it was it, it didn't work and it really hurt him and it nearly it nearly cost him his job. So, yeah. um, if and you know, new players. We would have like maybe been helped by a familiar system, like the system that we used on the Conte and Tuchel. I know it's basically one of your Chelsea, uh, favorite Chelsea systems, and 
a lot of the, I mean, a lot of these players, um, key players like Cover, Kante when he's fit, the wing backs, um, even the goalkeeper in terms of distribution, the forwards, they're used to this system. So that would have helped the the other players bed in as well. So yeah, I, I can't see us um, veering away from three four three any anytime soon, especially with the wing backs fit. Yeah, and, and and Graham Potter, of course, switching to this formation, getting the win after the game, his interaction with the fans. Yeah. Do, you, do you think he's starting to realise his role as, as the figurehead of the club, maybe, more than, than just the head coach? Yeah, I mean, Liam Tooney on the Athletic Podcast listened to today, a really good podcast. You know, they, he said that he's kind of neglected being a sort of figurehead at the club and building rapport with fans and just being purely been a coach. And I don't know whether, I mean, we, I don't know if he's been listening to the pods, but we've been calling out for him to, you know, connect to the fans more. And I don't know whether it was just the game itself or uh, emotional night or, you know, maybe he took some advice on board or he's had, he had a bit of a look, long look in the mirror. But he looked like that's what we want. I mean, it's a very kind of tribal, basic thing. But just to see your manager just like fist pumping and emotional, it means something because it means something to you. Like, as much as like... You know, XG football, uh, potable, technical stuff is great. You need that. You need you need that bit of oomph, that bit of emotion. That's what football is. That's what makes football fun. So to see that after the game, he should continue to do it. He shouldn't. I mean, he shouldn't go over the top. I don't want. I don't think he'd suit being Conte jumping into the crowd and things like that. But just a, a, you know, a little bit of emotion. I mean, that 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 scene where he couldn't watch the penalty. That's really relatable. That's human. You know. Rather than just, yeah. I thought yeah. that was really cool as, as well. Him him not watching the penalty because yeah. that, that it's almost yeah exactly how we feel in the fans, and that's what you want to feel that relationship that that you and the manager and the players everyone is together as one, and that they're all feeling the, the same emotions. Yeah, and yeah, yeah the, the first time really since Potter's been on charge in charge on on Tuesday night that we I felt personally like he was a proper Chelsea manager. You know yeah. that that's really the first time. So I, I enjoyed the the display of the team. I enjoyed the passion. I enjoyed the intensity, and I enjoyed the the post match as well. So it's it sort of all goes hand in hand together. Yeah, I mean, maybe he had to sort of adapt. It's about adaptation too, right? Like maybe he had to adapt himself. Maybe he's not comfortable in every game, especially in a kind of bit more of a boring league game where we're just chasing the game. Maybe away at Bournemouth or something like that. Maybe he needed this emotion, this big game to bring out his emotion, but. Just to just just to have this week on week, just to to know that he has that in his locker in terms of the emotion and the connection with the fans is all that we need. We don't ask for much in that sense. So yeah, hopefully he can continue it and um, yeah, build some more rapport with the fans because obviously we need it, especially after Tuchel because that was really Tuchel was one of his strengths. I mean, when Tuchel tactically was getting things wrong, he still had the connection with the fans. So Potter needs to kind of uh, really follow up and, and just just keep going in terms of the connection. Right, let's move on to the freezing, tepid, warming up, boiling hot, whatever you, whatever you want to, whatever temperature you'd like, you you can suggest it after a win like that. Let's uh, let's start with you, Brady. What do you think for some performances from Tuesday night? Well, in the freezer is a. You surprised I did a freezer, right? In the freezer is Kai Havertz, bit in a good sense because the guy's got ice cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kai has uh, talked at length in this podcast every week. Uh, he had a fantastic game, fantastic little flick for the first goal, uh, loads of shots, was, was everywhere. Um, but to to put the the penalty in the same corner with a start, start step, 
after everything that he's been through against a German team in a big game, a lot of pressure. You've got to give it to the guy. I mean, ice cold. I mean, I, I would say if, if Hakim Ziyech had done that, I'd have said it's because he doesn't care. And he's just because <laughs> he did it, and I know he he cared. You could tell, yeah, the, the look that he gave after he missed the penalty the first time, and, and just you know, well, his effort on on the pitch on on Tuesday he was outstanding, like you said. Um, so yeah, I, I, we've got to give him credit for that because yeah, that was that was you said ice cold, ice in his veins for sure. Yeah, and just a bit more of a macro point. It's so nice to have a, an attacker back on um, on penalties. Or oh, Jorginho had a fantastic record. But it's good for Kai, like, just in a more macro sense, he's like, he's got a goal, you know. Like, last night, sorry, um, on Tuesday, he had a fantastic performance. Let's say he wasn't on pens. He wouldn't have got a goal. Now he's got a goal. Maybe he can score against Leicester or, or whoever next, you know, at Everton. And he can build a bit of momentum. Having an attacker on pens, you, you want your best penalty taker on pens. That's why Jorginho was on pens. And he scored some fantastic penalties for us. But having an attacker on pens is really, is really great. So that's also a big positive, I think, for Kai. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I did tepid this week, probably a bit harsh. I, 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 Felix, a little bit tepid of Felix. Um, he was my tepid last week. Yeah, I, some, I thought some people said he had a really good game. I, I didn't see it. a couple of lovely through balls, but you can see why Simeone gets annoyed with him. He drifts in games. He's a bit petulant. He kind of half presses. He drifts in and out of games. Bit of a free roll, a little bit. Um, lovely touches. You know creatively and technically a fantastic player probably worth every penny but every week that goes by with Felix he's going to need a big uptick in performances if we're going to pay that fee I think I think we spoke about it before uh, we've got Nkuka coming in you've got Mudrik in the half 10 yeah I think Felix just might be a, a loan and kind of a famous loan for the club rather than a signing at this point you know he's just in the last few games just tailed off a little bit of me from that early buzz so um, yeah that's tepid for me this week um Warming up. Do you want to guess who it is? <laughs> Warming up. Ben, ben Chilwell? No, I had to put him in there. It's Graham Potter. I've, uh, <laughs> I've put, he's jumped two, uh, two ranks from freezer to tepid to warming up. I mean, for Potter, I mean, he's definitely, it was definitely warming up night for him. Uh, it wasn't a boiling hot, but it was, he's, he's no longer in a freezer, no longer in uh, Antarctica territory. He's moved to a kind of a warming up section, maybe a, Maybe a Sweden in the summer, like warming up. Nothing too hot, but he, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a huge night for the man. I mean, and I have want. I'll be honest. I wanted him gone, uh, but now because the results were so bad, it was like three wins and seventeen. But now he's here, and like Chris references the, the other day, actually, the, the other day on the pod, it's like we were past the point of no return, and then this is kind of what happens when you keep a manager. Are you like, a little bit like I don't like a comparison, but maybe with Arteta, you don't want to compare them at all. But they did hang on to him probably longer than Arsenal fans wanted him. And look at yeah. him now. So we are past the point of no return from him. And maybe him giving his second chance, or whatever you want to call it, he can really build some momentum. You know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but for him, in terms of the emotion, you know, not looking at the penalty tactically, I'd say Grandpa was warming up for me. Boiling hot. I literally couldn't choose between them. I was thinking about it. Uh, you might be angry here. I've just chosen the whole back five, basically. Like, wow. Uh, in, in, all, in all comps, we've only conceded five goals in the last nine anyway. And just, I mean, Reece didn't maybe didn't have his best game, but the rest of them were just unbelievable. I mean, for I think Farmer... are critical of Reese because he has such incredibly high standards. Yeah, yeah. That he wasn't our best player on Tuesday night. No. And that's where... So I was expecting him sort of to, to dominate this game as well, but I don't. Know, I thought Reece still had a really good game. So yeah, 
I mean, it's obvious since the injury as well, maybe he's not going at like full pelt or there's some psych- psychological thing. He doesn't want to get injured again. He's playing a little bit more reserved, a little bit more like a traditional right back in, in some senses. But yeah, I mean, Chilwell was, was fantastic, got the assist, bombing up and down on the wing. Kukurea, again, we alluded to earlier, fantastic game man of the match. Um, and like Koulibaly, like I said last week, I mean, I'll be again, he's every week I say it, he's just turning his Chelsea career around. He's looking more and more like a senior player. I mean, Silva's gone out of the team and we haven't missed him at all. I mean, he does literally look like a completely different player. I, yeah. I really didn't think he had it in him. I, I'd sort of written Kaladukula Bali off a yeah. little bit because of his age. He just hadn't settled very well in, in the Premier League. And, and, you know, in these wide spaces, he looks horrific and he probably still does. We don't see him there anymore because he's playing this role that Thiago Silva plays in the centre of the back three. And, and he does look really good there. He also looked really good in a four at the sort of the last couple of games before we switched off it, away at Dortmund being one of them. So... Yeah, I, I, I can't believe it with Koulibaly. He, he looks excellent somehow. Yeah, I mean, I think being in the base of a, of a back three helps him. Um, I think he struggles a little bit being in the left centre-back or the right centre-back role. I think he can, he's a bit deeper. He's got a little bit little bit less pressure on the ball. I think when he's pressured on the ball, that's when he can, um, and in those wide spaces, like you said, he can struggle. But yeah, and then obviously Wesley Fofana, who like, we you know with this huge summer signing and he got injured and he was a little bit like the forgotten man a little bit that we had and this guy's come back in and you weren't sure he's even going to get in the team. He's just been fantastic. I mean, uh, like Chris said um, the other week, got some Rudiger vibes, physical. We've got a goal in him, obviously against Leeds, looking like a really a future potential like leader for the club. I wouldn't say captain, but just like really got a fantastic intensity, really getting into it with the fans. Just obviously like loving being at Chelsea. So yeah, fantastic and. Uh, yeah, just the whole the whole defense at the moment just really really good and like in in that back in that back five with the three and the two wing backs. I mean, it's it's just such a shame that like we didn't play against Tottenham and it's just come a little bit too late in the league because I really do think in the league with this system we could gather points. But um, hopefully in the Champions League we can make a bit of a run at it at least and that'll be fun. But, so yeah. Anyway, what about you, mate? What's uh what's the temperatures cooking up this week? Well, there's no freezing section this week because we just got to the quarterfinals of the Champs League, so there, there's no one in the freezer. Just a caveat, Kai, it was a positive freezer. It was the yeah, yeah cold, the, the, tepid as well. I'm, like, maybe talk about Felix, and, but yeah. in general, that everyone played really, really well on Tuesday and, and did their role. So I'm going to have a couple of warming, warming ups and a boiling hot warming Lovely. up. I think we, we didn't talk about Ben Chilwell, um, so I'm going to talk about him a little bit because. I think not only has his performances been really good, um, but his attitude, mentality, and developing into a bit of a leader role for us, I think as well, should be talked about more. I yeah. thought him, Reese, Enzo, Fafana, Sterling, to an extent Havertz as well, we're starting to see some really strong personalities on the pitch. And that is something we've we've obviously desperately been missing for years. But I think these guys are settling in now. Obviously, Fafana's yeah. only just got here. Enzo's only just got here. Raheem's obviously signed in, in the summer, but he's still only been here a short amount of time. From the first minute of the game, I thought early, really early in the game, Kova gave away a really bad corner. Um, and Reese, you could see him barking at the other defenders, saying, you know, Stay stay focused here. You know this is early. Don't give away an early goal from a corner. You know he and, and I love to see that because people forget Reese is still a really young player. 
Yeah. You know, he's not, you know, a seasoned 28 year old that's been through the mill. But, you know, and he's talking to to other players like 31 year old Kaladu Kulabali, who's, who's done a lot in his career. And, and but if he's not going to do that and be the leader, Reese can step up and be it. And, and I think we saw that as well. So I want to give a shout out to, to Chilwell as well for obviously he had a bit of a, a thing on Leeds on Saturday with his a bit of argy-bargy yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. physicality. And again, at the end of this game, trying to time waste, the guy chased him down and pushed him over, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, but he was really standing up for himself and his teammates. And, and I think that's really important. So give a shout out to... to yeah, I mean, with his age as well, he's only 26. And like the squad profile that we're building, the young profile that Bowley wants to do, this kind of like Red Bull model. It's like, they're going to have a young players. So 26 is going to be like a senior player in the team. So yeah, Chilwell's... Basically, as a senior player at this point. Yeah, no, I, I didn't think he really had that in him. I, I knew he was a nice guy, and I knew that he was popular in the dressing room, but I didn't think he'd have this sort of uh, in him on the pitch, and, and he definitely does. So it's, it's definitely given Chilwell a ton of plus points for, for me because I, I, I always thought Chilwell was a good player, but not sort of a, an elite player. But if you can if you can do this leadership stuff as well, then he'll, he'll definitely enter that, that tier for me. The other one I want to talk to on warming up is... Kai Havertz. Want to give him a little apology because uh, that, that performance on Tuesday night was excellent, wasn't it? We, yeah. we his energy all over the pitch, um, calm for the penalty as well. Just everything he gave to the team was fantastic, and and I don't know if it is because he's playing against German opposition and he knew a lot of his countrymen would be watching for sure, or. The fact that it's the Champions League and that's his competition. He scored a, yeah. a winner in a Champions League final. Whatever it was, it was a big game on Tuesday night. He started, despite being very poor, really, in, in the last few games for us. And, and he, he was fantastic. So definitely stick him in the, in the warming up section. I wanted to give a shout out to him, him and Ben. Um, and Boiling Hot is 3 4 3. Uh, it's a formation in a boiling hot nice give a shout out to to every manager that's used it before and giving the tactical instructions to to these players because uh, graham potter has has also got his own take on this as well and it looks really good as well but the the formation has has been a key to our last two wins i think and Long may it continue. If if I see the four two three one, any yeah, I mean, time. Four two three one's in the freezer, in it. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should maybe we should have done that. We should have put the yeah, four two three one in the freezer. Um, we'll edit it and go put it back. No, we won't. But the yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stick the the formation in as boiling hot. Yeah, I mean, three four three forever, baby. So yeah, that was just uh, let's keep going on and uh, hopefully it does a trick against Leicester. That moves us nicely on oh. to Leicester City on, on on Saturday at 3 p.m. So it means oh. we can't watch that in the UK, unfortunately. Legally. Legally. Um, what, what do you think on Saturday? You think that there's going to be some rotation? Obviously, there, there are a lot of players that have missed these these games. Madweke, Badiashil, potentially Mason Mount if he's back from injury or do you think because we haven't got many games we don't have another game for a week after this he'll just sort of keep the rhythm going I think just a bit more of a general point in terms of Esther as well Tuesday was fantastic but it's not like the end the end of the season we have to keep winning I mean Potter's record overall is still really poor 
And if it's a poor performance against Leicester and Everton, then he's kind of uh, back in, you know, heading back towards Antarctica with the board. You know, he's not he's not safe yet. He's bought himself some time, so we there could be some rotation. But whoever plays has to realize that, and Potter has to realize that every game is still a final for him, really. Like it, and like he's he's got the players on the hook now, where that every player is going to want to be competing to get into that quarterfinal team. You know. If we went out on Tuesday, the season, I'm not, I mean, we're joking about relegation, but we would have probably stuttered along and maybe got 45, 50 points and just, you know, just the season would have petered out. There probably would have been a lot of toxicity with the fans. Now the players have got something to play for. They've got some energy to go with and we need a good performance. I, because if it's a bad performance on Saturday, then we're not back to square one, of course, but it's, it's again, Potter can't really afford bad performances even at the moment. So, I mean, there can be some rotation. You can see Badia Shield come in. I mean, Amadeweke might get some minutes. Um, I don't think he'll dare start ZH again after Tottenham. Mason Mount, I think, is back in training. So there could definitely be some rotation. We've got a, a really, as you keep saying, we've got one of the deepest squads in world football at the moment. So we, we can definitely have some rotation, but we've got to keep the energy up. Like, Tuesday wasn't the end of it. This, like, this is only the beginning. He's got to keep going. So, yeah, for me, we're ho- really hoping for a, a positive performance against Leicester. Yeah, Leicester in some really bad form. One, yeah. one win in the last five. They, they've lost actually four straight um, in all competitions. United, Arsenal, Blackburn in the uh, in the FA Cup, and they lost obviously one nil to Southampton on Saturday, which is something we can relate to recent in our recent history yeah. as well. What, what do you think Brendan Rodgers will be thinking as he heads into this game on Saturday? I mean, they're a bit of a bizarre team, Leicester, aren't they? Sometimes, you know, they beat Tottenham 4-1 one week and uh, lose 3-0 to United uh, the next, and then they just haven't won since. So you think they turned a corner with their four, with that 4-1. Usually, it's really, when Madison's in the team, they, he really makes them cook because they've got any outshoulders coming to form. They've got, like, they've got a talented attack. They've got, you know... Um, uh, Barnes, Iniacho, I like, really like Dewsby Hall. He's got a lot of good players. He's just a bit of a strange manager, um, Brendan Rodgers. Now he's been linked to the Chelsea jobs because obviously he's Chelsea connection, but very hot and cold. Like I don't think you can class Leicester as like a top six or top eight team anymore at the moment. Maybe like a top 10, maybe a top 10 team. They're just, they've lost well, There's a lot of good teams. I, I wouldn't put Leicester in the top 10. I think they're probably no. a, sort of 11th, 12th, maybe yeah. now around them but they still have good games in them and, and it's only a month ago they beat Spurs at home 4-1 yeah not that Spurs are uh, particularly anything special but they they have like you say they've got good enough players to, to cause any team problems I think they also played really well I know they lost against United 3-0 but they played really well in the first half of that game and probably should have been one or two nil up so I'm, I'm not expecting this to be an easy game at all this is no. when we when we talked about our uh, narrative check and by the way, just an early good start for me in that. Yeah, I <laughs> um, mean, I think but, uh, my we, narrative was a bit a bit dodgy there. Not not not, <laughs> not, not, not the best written script there. I'd say quite a few plot holes. You could be in trouble in in that one. But yeah, you know, looking back on 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 that, this was the toughest game that of the yeah. the games that were coming up. I thought maybe a bit disrespectful to Dortmund, but the you know, I, I think these away games in the Premier League are really really tough. I think Leicester will be well up for it. On Saturday, and we have to match that intensity. Historically, yeah, I, mean, with the, I remember this Leicester away game with the, it was the uh, infamous Frank Lampard sacking game. Yeah, uh, do you remember when we, you know, we played Kovacic uh, single six, left him to exactly, the wall. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And the then, four one four one. And then Liam Tooney wrote about the uh, in the Athletic, and that uh, Lampard was calling him out in the presser and all that. You knew it was the beginning of the end for Frank. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it could have been at the beginning of the end for uh, for Potter, but obviously he's turned it around. I mean, the, the, with our away form, though, we haven't won in our last eight away games. So yeah. do, you, do you remember our last away victory? <sighs> Villa. Kepa made, Kepa made an unbelievable save. Yeah, Villa. Villa, yeah. Villa away, and me and you have alluded that we, we really, I mean, Tyra Mings basically gave Mason Mount a goal on a plate that day, and then we scored a bit of a fluky free kick. So our away form has been absolutely dreadful this year. Uh, we've got three wins all season away. Uh, I think seven defeats, just awful. And under Potter, away has been un- unacceptable. So Potter is like, you know, he's, build, he's got to build the foundations to his Chelsea career now. He's, he's got that Champions League foundation with the fans. But, you know, a lot of travelling fans, they need to see much better away performances. Because, you know, that, those, those away fans, they're the hardcore, you know. They're the ones that, you know, they're, they're hardcore Chelsea. And they, they deserve to see be- be- you know, good performances. And... We need a much, much, much better performance than we saw against Tottenham. And hopefully we will, obviously, the changing system. But it isn't just... In general, under Potter, we've kind of ticked over and haven't lost too much at home. But um, away, we really need to improve. So, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that we will make a couple of changes to the team that played yeah, I agree, yeah. on uh, on Tuesday. I think you'll see Badishil play instead of Kukurea, obviously. I think Chilwell might get a rest and you might see Kukurea actually at wing-back. but. Um, also, I, I'm not sure. There's obviously the the Fafana thing. I know he'll be really unpopular with the Leicester crowd if he starts the game. He could probably be rested in that game and this game, and we could play Chalobah if they wanted to protect Fafana a little bit. That that's obviously an option. I think Zachariah is an option in midfield. Yeah. I think <laughs> Mudrick could possibly yeah. get a start if we. I think I think we're going to see Mudrick minutes from the bench before we see a start. You know, so I don't think could just throw him in. I think I think there's something going behind the scenes of Mudrick maybe uh, getting settled in the country. I, I don't know what's going on. It's a bit bizarre what's going on with him, but I don't think we'll see Mudrick start before before a sub performance. If that makes sense. I, I do think Felix is going to be rested. Yeah, I, do, I agree. I, that. I do think they're going to rest Felix on on Saturday. So we'll, I think we'll he see. might be more reluctant to make rotate the defence because especially the chill world because the defence have been so good I think he'd be very tempted to possibly just stick with the same defence to be honest I no, mean, so you don't think Badia Shiel will come oh, in yeah, for- maybe with the caveat of Kukurea for Badia Shiel I think he'll play for Fana. Um I think the team's got a really good rhythm I mean if it was a Wednesday night game away maybe but it was a, it was a Tuesday night game at home we've got you know we've got a four day break and then like it's a week after that there's no real reason to rotate too much you can always like bring Chilwell off in 60 minutes 70 minutes I think there'd be more rotation in midfield and up front. Well, yeah, Ru- Ruben for Kova is another uh, yeah. change that I think is, is possible. I think you'll play the 90-minute man, Havertz, especially after... Uh... Yeah, I think Sterling and Havertz are sort of yeah. nailed on yeah. starters and it's just whether Felix obviously has played a lot of minutes recently yeah. and, and there's other attackers that... I mean, that... I mean, Potter's obviously quite generous with his minutes and maybe he'll just like feel like he, he has to play Badi Shu or Madueke. Uh, obviously, Mason Mounts are good if so. And there's a... Certain player coming back at the moment. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him in Golo Kante. He's a, <laughs> he, he might get some minutes. And um, I, I vaguely remember him. He used to play for us, didn't he? Yeah, he's quite good. Quite good. And not too bad in the later stages of the Champions League, actually. So uh, that could be handy if he's fit in for, the, uh, for, some, knockout, for some knockout football uh, in a month or so. But uh, we could see some Kante minutes, maybe 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, a lot of positives at the moment. But... He's got. You can't. You can't rest on his laurels. Uh, but I, there's a little bit of a feeling on on Tuesday. It was a fantastic night. We're like, oh, this is a brilliant night for Potter, and this is it. He's got so so much work to do. Like he, he's, uh, you know, in black and white, his his win his win percentage for Chelsea is still shocking. So 
He's got a lot to build on. He needs to build week on week. And you'll notice, like, he has to build the away record up. We need to try, maybe try and get to 60 points in the league. That could be a good target now. I don't think we're going to get too many more than 60 points. So just build a target, maybe get to Europa League. Yeah, because thinking about it, we're going to need Europa League, really, because think of the amount of players we're going to have. I have to give these players game time. Imagine having, like, 25 players in, like, Europe. Like, yeah, I We'll we'll see what happens with with Leicester on on Saturday, but I do think if we do get a good result, we've got two really winnable games before the international break in Everton, and oh yeah, and then so, oh so Everton is before the international break, and then I think Villa at home after that. So we have got winnable games coming up for sure, and we can get some some momentum going. Imagine that five wins in the in a row. Imagine, yeah. All right, um, let, let's see what let's see what you got, Brady, with the with your Leicester quiz. That's the quiz, right? So that's the quiz is uh, twofold today. I think the first bit is quite easy because you complained about it being. I said it was easy last week, and you said how how in any way is this easy? So I tried to make this a bit easier this one. <laughs> and then uh, the second one is very very difficult. So uh, probably need some clues for that one. All right, the the first part of our quiz is who are the last four players Chelsea have bought from Leicester. The last four players Chelsea have bought from Leicester are Wesley Fofana. Ding! N'Golo Kante. Ding! And this is where I need some, some help from Chris. This is the first time we've missed him in the pod. No, I'm joking. I mean, we've, we've mentioned this player about 20 times in this pod. He, uh, you said he's... Oh, uh, Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell. Ding! And then number four... I'll give you a clue. It was in the infamous 2017 Antonio Conte summer. By he didn't play many oh, games. Danny drink. Danny Drinkwater. Danny Drinkwater drinks himself. Thirty million, hundred grand a week. Money well spent. Four players. Over the last four players. Fantastic. And yeah. So hit, hit and miss. Let's say. Hit and miss. Yeah. You, you, you hit some. I mean, obviously, drinks was a fantastic signing for about all of one minute. So, uh, but yeah, three absolutely fantastic signings there, and one one absolute stinker. Can you name? If you get this, I will. Uh, yeah, rounds up the uh, night out on me. I think. Who was the last oh, player? Night out. How hard is this question? I mean, it's hard. if you get this first time, I will be shocked and impressed. Who was the last player to go to Chelsea from from Chelsea to Leicester? From Chelsea to Leicester. This is like a really hard like pub quiz question. Like, I'd be amazed if you got this. I'm going to go Frank Sinclair. No, it was... No, not quite. We're going to have to do a few clues. It was in... It was a goalkeeper. Australian. Mark Swartzer. Mark Swartzer. I never would have got that. I never would have... I don't remember him playing for Leicester. He went to like back, be a backup goalie at Leicester. Yeah, I think he was uh, like a... Ten club man, he went here and everywhere, didn't he? But yeah, Mark Swartzer. So yeah, not many, not too many players have gone from Chelsea to Leicester actually at all. Did Sinclair, so, Sinclair even go? I know you played for Leicester after us. Yeah, I think it was that back in the nineties. Yeah, but I look, we've, we've, um, I mean, Leicester, a little bit of a setting club. We, you know, they kind of, uh, they get raided a little bit, especially in recent times by the big clubs. Obviously, Maguire going for Farnar, Chilwell. Um, you know, probably Tiedemans will go in the summer. So. Um, they don't tend to buy from the you know the top four to top six clubs too much, but yeah, we've uh, we've done pretty well from Leicester with the the uh, with the signings, probably with the ex- uh, exception of uh, Danny Drinks, bless him. 
All right, that's all we've got time for today. Chelsea Champions League quarter finalists. And <laughs> who would have thought it? Who would have thought it, indeed. For more updates on all things ECCR, you can follow us on Twitter, Eat Sleep Chelsea, and Instagram, Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.